Welcome to Gaming Talk. I am your host this week, Robert. As always, I am joined here with Matt. We're going to flip it up a little bit today. I'm going to be doing all the hosting, and Matt's just going to be tagging along for the ride. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're finally, finally getting into some halfway decent weather. Uh, where I live, it's always like super yo yo to where it'll be 30 degrees Fahrenheit one day and 70 degrees Fahrenheit the next, and then 20 in snow a couple days after the get. But we're starting to stabilize now, starting to get into the, the nice warm weather. So it's a, it's a good time to sit out in the sun, watch a little, uh, you know, stars go by or planes go by or whatever, and, and just enjoy the warmth of weather. How about you? Cool. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other day it was, I can't remember what day it was, it was cold and sunny at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the weather is a weird one. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going so, all right over. Cool. So what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, Oddworld Soulstorm came out today. It's the, I guess you could say reimagining is, is, is the word I'd use. A bit of a sort of Snyder Cut type of thing of uh, of the, the Oddworld games. Not that there was anything wrong with the first version of the second game, because of course one of the reasons that the Snyder Cut came out is because the Justice League film, was the, the original, was bad. But um, yeah, this is essentially uh, Lauren Lanning, and I think that's how you say his name, Lauren Lanning, and uh, his Oddworld inhabitants team being able to fully realise their version of what they were going to do in the first place. Now, I'm not sure how this... You probably would have still got a bit of a different version of this game. Because if you look at what Oddworld Soulstorm is, you would have had to have still done something a little bit different. Because it would have been... You're talking PlayStation 1. But uh, yeah, this is kind of a reimagining of the second game. And uh, it's got a couple of... Uh, I don't know if I could call it weird issues, but sort of, it's very different. It no, no one seems to be really used to how different this game feels compared to the other Oddworld games. And what I mean by the Oddworld games is all the 2D ones. There's been other ones as well, like Stranger's Wrath and uh, Munch's Odyssey, which have been a bit different. But... um yeah, this this game it's interesting because as has been sort of teased and as I've talked about, the game looks looked like it was going for this bigger scale type of thing, which it's managing to pull off within the first. I, I'd say I've played about uh, five hours would be my guess or so, but of course a lot of that is you know dying and you know tr- trial and error sort of thing. So I'm not five hours into the story. I've played five hours of the game. Um. I suppose that there's certain points when the game tries to encourage you to do things a bit quicker and there's certain situations where you know you've still got to try to do those quicker things a little bit stealthier. Um overall I'm I'm enjoying the game. I think it's I think it's good. I do think there's a couple of weird little buggy issues here and there, but um the the uh, dev team, I think it was yesterday they said that they're uh, they're taking in all the feedback from you know, kind of day one bugs and, and reports that they're getting, and they're going to put a patch out. So I'm assuming some of those little weird things are going to be be patched out very soon. Uh, I would imagine what the next week or so, maybe, 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 maybe next few days. I don't know how long these things take to to do. Maybe it's different for for different games. Um, but I had like one weird bug where I was going to throw this bomb, and it like got stuck in the middle of the air, which was a bit strange. Um, but uh, yeah, for, for like the cutscenes, it's doing a really good job. It's doing a really good job with um, expanding a little bit on the story or, or seemingly trying to put more effort 
into into the story. Now, there's always been a clear story there. It's essentially Abe and his Madokan friends are these slaves. They work for um, Rupture farm, Farms, and uh, essentially their job is to you know clean the place and you know be slaves. Essentially, it's always been interesting the way that the Abe stories have. Um, balance their tone because at the end of the day the slave story they're trying to tell here is very serious and very dark but they've usually managed to quite successfully put not comedy in directly in the story but like Abe is a little bit of a comedic character he does some like like he'll bump into the wall or something and and that kind of thing and like the way he talks to some of his friends can be a little bit comedic um but that balance of like a wildly different tone, you know, having these little because there's all, almost like fart jokes in in some of the early games, but not like silly jokes in that sort of way. Um, and balancing that with this slave storyline has always seemed like it should be more difficult than what it is, but it's always been, been balanced pretty well. Um, but yeah, the the only issues I've really got is that sometimes the game is very very difficult. But I feel like the game wants you to play it a certain way and kind of, as I've kind of come up with my own opinions with like the gameplay itself and looked on Reddit and I watched uh, Kadekaris play the game uh, today as well. Uh, he's a guy on YouTube. He was one of the selections actually for uh, Month of Positive Creators. He was the uh, the last one that I chose. Um, everyone seems to be sort of struggling with the game a little bit. As in it's just very, very difficult. Now Abe's never been... So the the Oddworld games have never been particularly easy per se. There's always been a challenge there, and it's interesting because I think it was I can't remember if it was last week's show or the one before, where I talked about the twelve minutes uh, gameplay commentary thing that Lauren Lanning did, and he did stress basically that you're going to be a bit stressed out when you play the game, but that's kind of always been the gameplay to a degree, but it seems to have been doubled almost in this game um to to the point where it it can be frustrating but it's all it's also okay there is a way to do this you just need to figure out what exactly that is and i think maybe part of the struggle among seemingly everyone that's playing this game is because of some of the new mechanics that have been introduced such as you know these these different bits of equipment that you can get the different way that you can kind of chance take control of enemies it's just sort of causing everybody to reassess how we play these games I suppose because you can still play it to the old way in certain um sections but not in all of them definitely not um I mean one of the ideas in in some of the previous games would have been like okay simply sort of sneaking past the they're called the slicks they're the sort of guards that have got guns on that um you can't really do that but now you can sort of throw little bombs and like plant mines and things so I think everyone, no, nobody's really yet used, because the game's only been out like a day or so. Nobody seems to be really used to just playing these games differently. So I think when we all adjust to that a little bit, which I tried to do a little bit later, to a little bit earlier today, uh, try to sort of play it a bit differently. But uh, it's it's great so far. I, I think the scale that they're going for, which has been kind of teased early on, because um, somebody, I think they said that they they were near the end of the game or something, and it's taken them about 15 hours so given that I've got possibly 10 more or so, um, I'm still possibly at early stages. Um, do you have any history with Abe in the, the Oddworld games? Yeah, I played it when it came out on the original Xbox way back in the day. Something that I never put two and two together until recently is that the name of the race, the, the Maducons, 
how that was meant to represent the literary term MacGuffin. Huh. Uh, meaning just like a, a person or object that drives the plot point in a story. Mm-hmm. I never put that together until just recently. Oh, okay, cool. Um, just to kind of explain as well, the, the release for this game has been a little bit strange. Uh, so it's not on Xbox. Um, it is on PC. I think you can get it through... Which one is it? I think it's the Epic Game Store. I can't quite remember, but I think it's the Epic Game Store. Uh, it's a part of PS Plus. It's available now on PS Plus. Uh, you can get the digital version now for PS4, but you can get the physical version on PS4 in July. I don't quite know why that is exactly. It seems that they're trying to push the like collector's edition versions for the July release, and maybe there was some sort of manufacturing. I'm not quite sure why one version's out in April, one version's out in July, uh, which is you know quite a lot later in the year. But you can you can go and get it on PS4 still. You just have to pay the uh, the digital version uh, which is interesting considering a game that we're going to be talking about today uh but uh, i th- i thought it was going to be on xbox possibly because new and oddworld new and tasty which is the not the reimagining it's the remaster of the first game is on xbox but it did get released i think about a year later or so on xbox so maybe it's like a timed exclusive possibly but uh, it's not on xbox at the moment so yeah but uh, that's, that's mainly what i've been playing today i played a little bit of cod uh, earlier in the week, um, still pretty fun and, and that kind of thing. Uh, met some new players, which was which was kind of cool. Uh, not done much with Last of Us or my uh, Pez playthroughs. Um, I started struggling a little bit on Pez, so I sort of took a bit of a break, and uh, I'm gonna go back to that later. But um, other than that, uh, GTA San Andreas, I kind of put that on the back burner. I started to just the story wasn't really interesting me very much. The gameplay was all right, but a little bit difficult. Uh, I've not like done with the game i just knew that soulstorm was coming out and i was going to be dedicating my time to that so uh but what have you been playing uh well i've tried out uh outriders i gave that a good chance um because that did finally come out uh, unfortunately it did it's just not there yet it's not bad it's not terrible it's just it's the camera is really the biggest thing right now because like in combat the camera is pretty decent if you're just kind of wandering around the world or you're doing you know trying to get to a certain place outside of camera outside of combat the camera just swings wildly around like it's a drunk college student trying to be like a stripper on a pole it just it never it doesn't go well um obviously i've been playing more and more time i've been trying out the multiplayer a long long time listeners to the podcast know that i'm mostly a solo player gaming i'll jump into something multiplayer every now and then but it's not really my thing but I'm in a Discord group from another fandom that's completely unrelated, and they have a pretty active uh, Valheim thing going. So we did Bone Mass, which is the third boss, and we took him down multiplayer, and that was kind of cool. Um, definitely worked pretty well. I don't know how well the multiplayer works when you get to the 10 cap, which is what the game caps it at right now. Uh, there's only three of us on. It ran pretty smooth. But I'm not the one to really judge that because of where I live. I have like crazy, crazy fast internet. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked it in a while, but the last speed test I did, I had 220 down and 45 up, um, which is just maddening. Awesome fast, but still, it's impossible to judge um, if it's something on your end, or if it's something on their end, when something goes wrong. Because if it's internet related, you know it's pretty much not on your end. Uh, but you never 100% know if it's like the game or the server or something else. 
Um, outside of that, I really haven't had that much time to game game. It's, I mean, right now is just kind of the busy time in work, so that takes up a lot of time. And then it's you know starting to warm up, so I got to start doing house maintenance, mowing the yard, things like that. All the things that kind of take up time, mm. plus the yep. some shows that have finally coming off a break because of COVID and whatnot are starting to come back. So got to watch those, got to keep up with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a thing, but it's still Valheim is still pretty much a good chunk of my life. There's a few things I definitely want to try out. Um, I got to do some research on the EA Play app because now EA Play, that's part of Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate, is available on PC. And there's a few games that popped out immediately on that that I'm like, I want to play, but I can't do it from the Xbox app. I got to do it from the EA app. So I got to research to see how good or bad that function is in terms of how much spyware is in it. How much does it slow your machine down? Is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, I think we should explain a little bit what's what's going on because we did a bit of a different intro, of course. Uh, so today is uh, Entertainment Talk's fifth anniversary. Uh, in case you're listening to this tomorrow, which will be April 7th, uh, April 6th um, is Entertainment Talk's fifth anniversary. It was created on April 6th, 2016. Uh, I put out a whole bunch of content today, which I'll, we'll get into in a minute. But uh, I thought I'd do something a little bit different and call it um, what I'm calling co-host week. So... Um, uh, so yeah, I thought Robert could host this episode. I could be his, um, I could be his his uh, co-host and stuff. And uh, tomorrow, when me and David do the Walking Dead podcast for the the season finale or the second season finale, however you want to phrase that, uh, he's going to be hosting that episode. Uh, just thought we'd do something slightly different for a, for a special kind of anniversary. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think of all that? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome that this has lasted five years. <laughs> I've I've done. Yeah podcasts of various formats from various uh um fields of entertainment off and on since 2008 and i the biggest problem that i've always ran into is getting people that could consistently show up on a regular basis to make a podcast that's always been the bane of that that's ended literally every single one of my podcasts um and that's why i try so hard to always be here on time and why it always guts me when i can't because i've seen that on the other end and seen that kill ideas that somebody else has done something similar and just take off with it mm. um i i make no claims to any of those because at any given time especially with a podcast thing you've got 50 60 people doing damn near the exact same thing yeah. in fact one of my regular streamers that i watch and that i'm thinking about doing an interview with he wants to do a gaming podcast, but he doesn't want to do it because the only way he knows how to do it is how literally everybody else does it. And he wants to be completely different, hmm. which I have a ton of respect for, which is why I want to interview him. Hmm. But, you know, I can't claim, you know, gaming podcasts. Those have been a long. I was listening to those long before I started podcasting and long before you could use a computer. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, you know, you might have been using a computer when you were five, but you, know, you probably weren't recording podcasts. Mm hmm. No, I was uh, in the cinema crying at Toy Story 2 <laughs> when Buzz Lightyear I was, uh, got in, fake. I cried my eyes out. I was weeping like a child. With, with what, sorry? Toy Story 3. Oh, right, and Toy Story 3. The ending of that one had me in tears. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, me too. Still, still punches my heart in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good old Toy Story. Um... Cool, I think that's what we want to talk about for what we've been playing. Uh, let's get in. I am going to do the housekeeping section, and then you can kind of uh, guide the show after that. <laughs> 
So yep. uh, we'll we'll do that, and uh, we'll see you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I mentioned, it's the five-year anniversary. Thank you once again to everybody who's listened to the podcast, whether this is the first one that you've listened to, welcome to Entertainment Talk, or if it is the 1,000th or however many we've done, I don't know. But uh, thank you very much for listening anyway to all the podcasts that we've done, um, or to as many of you have listened to, but thank you anyway. Uh, So yeah, uh, part of the... the, So these next ones I'm going to label as the fifth year anniversary ones and then we'll get into the to the other ones so i did um three film reviews uh the first one was a possible skip review for uh the sequel to train the bazaar or or bazaar uh called peninsula it's the sequel to that both of the both of which are available on amazon prime in the uk the first one you need to pay for but the second one is on prime the subscription thing but i gave that a possible skip a little bit disappointed with that one and uh, I reviewed that. It's called Train to Bazaar Presents Peninsula. Not sure why exactly, but that's what that's called. Uh, went to return to Christopher Nolan's films with uh, Dunkirk, the 2017 war film. Uh, gave that a must-see review. I really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, the next one is a possible skip review. I have now reviewed a Transformers film. This one is Bumblebee, the 2017 spin-off, I think prequel as well. Um, really gives the Transformers franchise the shot in the arm it desperately just desperately needed uh, so I, I quite enjoyed that uh, but I did give it a possible skip I gave reasons as to why that is on the podcast and uh, yeah those are the free film reviews and then turning turning to uh, still sticking with the fifth year anniversary content uh, three things that I really love one of which is Crash Bandicoot 
uh, had a fun little podcast, I recorded it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I simply sat and watched Crash Bandicoot 4's cutscenes, so we cut out all the gameplay, just watched all the cutscenes, it's about half an hour, and uh, if you want to see me just joyously, or listen to, I suppose, me joyously watch Crash Bandicoot 4's uh, very well animated cutscenes, very expressive and well animated cutscenes, uh, there will be spoilers in there obviously because it's a, it's a story for the game. Uh, but you can go and listen to that if you want to hear me um, be happy watching Crash Bandicoot 4. So there's that. Uh, Last of Us 2 is a game I've mentioned now and again. Um, I did another World of Last of Us podcast. This is for an Ellie character spotlight. Quite a big one. The main character of the game's series. And uh, I talked about her journey across both of the games and uh you know her her immunity and the story and everything like that so uh yeah talked about ellie and uh the other last episode for the fifth anniversary is talking about speaking of toy story at Natural spotlight episode 10 for tom hanks and tim allen of course the two men that voice buzz lightyear and of course woody himself uh so the i did the the episode talking about those what those guys mean to me in terms of you know what they've kind of contributed to my life with these two characters that just mean so much to me and with the films that mean so much to me and uh talked about a whole bunch of stuff and of course their careers as well uh the other films that they've done it's not just a toy story episode it's uh you know looking at their career but with a main focus on the on toy story so that's the fifth year anniversary content so a bunch of stuff you guys go and listen to and according to the numbers that i looked at today things are going very very well so thank you very much to everybody who's listened to that um i'm quite surprised that i got the amount of listeners that i did in the short space of time those episodes have been out for because uh, they came out between midnight and 5 a.m last night uh, but you can go and listen to whichever ones of those you want to. Um, not necessarily a 5th anniversary episode, but talking about the 5th anniversary this month's chat podcast. Talking about March, it went very, very well. Again, thanks everybody who's contributed towards that. Talked about Entertainment Talks history. Just sort of a one-to-one, me and the audience. Uh, no co-host, just me talking about Entertainment Talk. Uh, the history of it, how last month sort of went. And just giving a big thank you again to the to the audience. And talking about some other bits and pieces here and there as well. So you can listen to that if you want to. Uh, football's back. Proper football. Uh, Manchester United returned on Sunday to talk to f- talk to face uh, Brighton in the Premier League. A 2-1 win. A very rocky start to the game. But uh, goals from Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford managed to pull the win uh, for, for the team. Uh, and we'll be playing against uh, Granada on Thursday night in the Europa League. So look out for all that. Um, excuse me. Uh, Walking Dead episode last week. Season 10 episode 21. We'll be talking about episode 22 tomorrow, so look out for that one. Uh, And then, last thing, uh, Gaming Talk last week, we talked about the Cyberpunk 2077's lengthy patch notes. Um, I did look up some impressions for that. Apparently it's a bit better, but not massively better. But uh, talked about that, and uh, the um, sad updates for the PlayStation stores for PS3, Vita, and PSP, which are going to be closing soon. So uh, we talked about all that. Um, but that's everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Just before Robert takes the show back, let's get into some news. Well, the first bit of news that I have today comes from E3. The annual event is going on this year. Obviously, it will be all digital. 
ESA announced in February that this year's E3 would be entirely digital because um, as someone who has worked conventions, there's not just, hey, let's go to a convention. If you're setting up a booth, there's literally months of planning involved in it, and it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money to make everything physical on that. And if there's even a chance of it not happening, they obviously scrap it. And that's what's happening on this year. Um, obviously, COVID numbers are coming down, but not a lot of places are to a point where they want to start having big events. So E3 is going to be all digital. The online event will feature multiple keynote sessions, an awards show, a preview night, and separate streams from individual publishers, influencers, and others involved with media previews. Uh, a couple weeks ago, well, a couple days ago, actually, uh, video game... Chronicle website said that multiple sources told them that the ESA would be looking at charging for access to some of the some parts of the event. The site said that there was a major games company it spoke to was critical to the idea idea, and the firm dis, decision had not been yet, made yet. But as of April second, the official E3 Twitter account announced E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. We are excited to fill you in on all the real news of this event coming soon. Uh, me personally, I'm kind of on the fence for charging for some parts of the event because this is an expense that E3 has to incur. This is a thing that E3 has to pay for. And the actual E3 event for the ESA, that is literally half the income they make per year. And so obviously last year E3 didn't happen and that completely killed them. The fact that they're even still around is kind of shocking, but you know, I guess they were kind of straggled along. Um, so I wouldn't love the idea of having paid events for things, but I could certainly at least understand it. It would make sense as to why they were doing it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? Um, in terms of the paywall thing, because the the main part, I know there's like you know show floor stuff that people can can go and do. Obviously, that couldn't quite happen if it wasn't in person uh maybe you could do that in a different way but i don't know but other than the actual presentations of games and trailers and gameplay and whatever else i wonder because obviously they said they're not going to do it but when they were considering doing the whole paywall side of things what parts would you consider to put in and take out of the paywall would it be like i guess exclusive interviews or something but then would they just get released onto YouTube or something? Um, so that's the... Because if you were to charge money for, let's say, Nintendo's Direct or something like that, I think that would be a pretty big disaster. People would still pay money for that. I I, I believe that they would. People pay money for much worse things. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I, I just wonder what their plan would have been to differentiate. Okay, this is going to be free, but this is going to be paid. Okay, well, wh- how how do you judge what you're going to decide for those for those two different things i'm not sure but uh no i think every event that we have like you know like a state of play or nintendo direct or xbox uh presentation thing uh or if like ubisoft's going to do ubisoft forward i think that they call those things um i think all those things should be free because they, they've been free for as long as i've known you know you, you're talking about trailers essentially and game gameplay trailers or gameplay showcases um most of which you know cause that's the thing somebody uh, you know sites like i don't know ign or GameSpot or whatever would probably you know separately upload 
most of these trailers anyway. Um, so though you know standard sort of trailers for things or gameplay uh, demos and that, it would just be weird if you paid for that part considering we haven't done for for so long. So I don't know. We'll 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 see what they're gonna do. But obviously they're intending for the show to be to be free, which I think is probably expected anyway. Um, we do have some other bits on this as well. Just want to read out the. I'm not gonna reiterate the bit that you've just you've just said, but. Uh, so yeah um june 12th to 15th 2021 will feature content from nintendo xbox cap sorry nintendo xbox capcom konami ubisoft take two interactive warner brothers games and coach media coach media what is konami gonna plan to show at e3 (laughs) i don't know i'm not sure they have anything in the pipeline and they definitely you know, even if you put it behind a paywall, unless you got like super aggro with the DCMA strikes, it would be on somebody's channel. It would be on somebody's YouTube sooner or later. I mean, yeah, think yeah, about it. It's it what maybe a week, a week and a half after, well, pre COVID, a week, a week and a half after a movie came out before some of the undeleted, the uh, deleted scenes that never made it into the original cut start hitting YouTube with like crappy cell phone quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's tons of clips that I've seen that eventually, you know, do make it uh, official official. And I got to admit, that's one of the few things I do like um, with Disney Plus doing constant updates is that you can get extra content. You can see like we saw the deleted scene with uh, Tony Stark's daughter like a month after that hit uh, Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And then with uh, Shazam, I think it was two weeks after it hit Disney Plus that we saw the the scene where the post credit scene that never made it to where all the characters were sitting on a chair and there was an empty chair for the upcoming rock movie, black Adam. Um, but yeah, it would be on there eventually. So, and like I said, I understand why they would do it because they have to, you know, recoup some of that cost, but you know, it would just get out there anyway. So they probably just said, nah, let's just not bother. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people can put, episodes of tv and films online then they're not going to struggle to do that with trailers so yeah there's this this is not a whole lot of point of uh yeah making those things paid so which they've said that they're not going to do so we don't have to worry too much about that but yeah i just uh, as i was looking through because this was kind of um announced earlier today like the the list of people and konami is just the one that stuck out to me because as i've I guess maybe famously been talking about for months that I just I don't I don't see them do it other than Pez which they do every year uh which Pez is you know great I've I said about you know doing my um master league thing in in the coach mode that I do but um I mean unless that's it unless they're showing Pez 2022 um I don't know cuz unless these rumors suddenly become true about Metal Gear and Silent Hill um, I don't know what else Konami would would really be showing, but uh, you know you could look at okay Nintendo obviously tons of stuff, Xbox obviously Capcom they've got Resident Evil coming out and they could also tease other things Konami I don't know what they would do Ubisoft is pretty obvious as well Take Two Interactive they could show obviously some some games Warner Brothers games we know that they've got three games on the way anyway uh, you know the Harry Potter one uh, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Uh, coach, coach, this coach media. I'm not sure 
who that is exactly that's not springing to mind but uh, all, all the other all the other companies listed here i could think about you know what games they're probably going to show konami i just i'm not sure so we shall see um but yeah any thoughts on what konami might show i guess <laughs> that's just i i don't just because i don't know of i haven't heard of anything yeah. At least nothing that's caught my interest as to what they might have in the pipeline they could show. I do hope they show something um, just to kind of stay relevant with everything. But, you know, if they don't do anything, I'm okay with that too because I'd rather them not show something that's not ready or won't be out for like four or five years um, than show something that, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cool, and then just completely forget about it because it doesn't come out for six or seven years. Hmm. Yeah, so... We'll see. I'm uh I'm I'm curious certainly about what Konami's going to show. So, um they all they almost have me more curious than anybody because I just have no idea what that's going to be. So that that's yep. that's like the big surprise to me. So, um I mean I think if 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 the day hypothetically if the day comes where they prove me wrong, which I will be fine with if they do, not like I'm in trouble or anything. Um if they if the day comes and they prove me wrong and they are doing something. I don't know what it would be. Something with Silent Hill, Metal Gear, or, or Castlevania. Um, that would be certainly be an interesting podcast. So um, bring bring it on, Konami. Show show us what you got. So I I doubt Kojima's involved, but because uh, I don't know why he'd go about that. But uh, we'll see. So, um, but yeah, what else did you want to talk about apart from that? Yeah, well, keeping on the subject of uh, okay. events, Microsoft has officially announced a date for an event, but not really much past that. It's called the uh, Dedicated Build Event, and it is a build conference aimed at software developers and engineers. So probably not a whole lot of games coming out of that. Uh, they do have the confirmed date, which is set at May 25th and 27th uh, through 27th. Uh, they've got a few names on their official website called uh, mybuild.microsoft.com. Uh, nobody that jumps out at me uh, completely, but it's uh, uh, a couple things. Like there's an Azure and M365 recap with Mary Jo Foley and Paul Thurot. Uh, there's a journey to one.net uh, with a couple people whose names I do not recognize. Um, it, I'm sure this is more on like on the tech nerdy end. It's not going to be a whole lot with games. Um, and obviously this is going to be separate from anything that Microsoft has planned for E3. Uh, they still don't even have registration details set up on the site. And this article came out two days ago. So this is very much in the early standing. But if you're someone who is like me and at least will follow and keep an eye on the minutia of the real you know, kind of super nerdy stuff. It's definitely something to keep, you know, on the back burner until at times to bring it to the front burner and get things going. Any thoughts on that? Um, in terms of Microsoft, uh, I think I've maybe stated this a little bit before. With them now having 23 studios, I'm just waiting for the... Okay, show us... Same thing with Konami. Show, show me what you got. Not to, not to use a Rick and Morty reference. Uh, I don't know if you know that reference. But, um, yeah, I mean... I'm assuming all those 23 studios are working on games. It's just going to be the case of uh, when we see it. Uh, it's been interesting over the last couple of years because a lot of people have kind of stated that Microsoft has kept talking whereas Sony has kept quiet quite often. I mean, how long did it take for Sony to start talking about PlayStation? It took it took quite some time, whereas Microsoft 
if we all remember, they revealed their console in the in the Game Awards the year before the console came out. So Microsoft hasn't been afraid to go out and talk about things. I just don't feel like Microsoft has shown a whole ton of things in in the last couple of years. I mean, may, may, you know, the biggest thing they've probably shown is what that they're doing the new Fable game. Uh, they got Hellblade on the way. Uh, that Battletoads game already came out. I think that came out very quietly. If 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 I'm thinking of the same game, um, you know, Halo Infinite, which has which has got its troubles, but I'm looking forward to, you know, some some of the other studios that they've got as well, and seeing what uh, what they've been up to. It's just I I just think for for events right now, now that we know E3 is coming in in June, I just want everybody to just wait until. Um, E3, not not for everything, because obviously we'd like something to talk about on the podcast between now and June, but big reveals I'm talking about. Um, obviously, we had the, the stuff last week about the PlayStation Store for Sony. Uh, interesting, so, interestingly, Sony weren't listed on that uh, list of uh, companies I talked about, but they'll probably do their own their own thing like they did before. Um, but just in terms of Microsoft, I just I just want to know what uh, what that team's up to. Um, I mean, you don't, you don't have to show me too much, I suppose. You know, I'm not expecting to play a ton of their games tomorrow or whatever. Obviously, I want these uh, devs to take their time to, to make these games great because uh, that's what we want them to do. But um, 23 is a lot, and uh, I would just like to, to see something. So I don't really want Xbox to do too many presentations or whatever between now and now and June. Announce little things here and there, but save save your big game reveals until then. Um, because I, cause I kind of agree with I don't know if you follow Andrea Renee on Twitter, but uh, she was saying uh, but who, who by the way had surgery and stuff, and she's she's fine now. She's 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 doing well. Everybody's sending her uh, well wishes and things, which uh, we very much do here as well. Um, but she said um, bring, you know, bringing back E three, just having everything in one big block is going to be so much more helpful. I didn't really like the whole thing that happened last year with like the summer of games. No, no offense to Jeff Keighley, he did a good job with it. It was just too spread out and too. It went on for too long as well. It was like this week's reveal, then this week's reveal, and this week's reveal. Um, so yeah, I would just like things to be condensed a bit more. So we'll see what Microsoft says. Um, but what do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, with anything Microsoft, the one question that we want a definitive answer to, we're never going to get, is to how much exclusivity is going to be with the Microsoft-owned development studios after the existing contracts run out and they're not um, required to put something on competing platforms. Uh, I've told this to several people, and I maintain that it will probably be a six-month exclusive on everything. I mean, Microsoft's never been really one to be like, mine nobody else's mine mine even though they could uh minecraft they've owned for how long and granted they don't do updates on sony um but sony's not the easiest platform to get along with in the best of times the recent uh yeah especially with the recent canceling of the um the stores and and i get the stores canceling but you know people were still developing for those stores only to be told yeah get it done in a month or you're fucked um, so I can understand them not wanting to play nice with them, but you know, it comes, it came out, uh, Minecraft came out on the switch. It's still good. Uh, a couple of other games like Ori and the blind forest, and I'm sure Ori, the will, the wisp at some point, if it's not already, uh, will come out on switch. Um, those are both games that are easily portable to switch in terms of controls and functionality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, they can play nice with others. I think it's definitely in their best interest uh, with Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate 
to have that exclusivity for the first six months or so. Um, that way, people like myself who have both consoles, if given a choice of like, I've already got Game Pass or I've already got Game Pass Ultimate, I could play this for free now or I can wait six months and spend $70 to play it then. Not the hardest choice in the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting with the whole Microsoft Bethesda thing, because I agree with what Colin Moriarty on uh, Sacred Symbol said, I think a few weeks ago. Um, it's it's just, this isn't what he said, this is what, I'm just saying I agree with the what he said on the podcast, but um, it's just interesting to me, just from day one since this announcement came out, just this idea that you paid $8 billion dollars. <clears throat> was it eight billion, seven point five, whatever. Like seven six or something. Yeah, Essentially seven, eight. Yeah, a, a lot of money. Um, you buy a company for that much money, which is no small amount of money. I mean, it might be to them, but it's still a large amount of money. And then you'd still put, be willing to put Bethesda's games, at least some of them, on your competing, uh, platform. I I just haven't really understood that and just i think like we said maybe a few weeks ago their vagueness about oh you know we'll, we'll do it on a case-by-case basis you paid a lot of money for for these for these games why don't you just um i don't, I don't know it's 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 very strange well, to be fair i mean legally they probably can't give specifics because there's still contracts that they have to follow under in terms of games that are going to playstation specifically Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. I get that. We don't I, get, know... I get those ones, yeah. Like yeah, the, and we don't know... Ex- and and <clears throat> Microsoft has done its best to not piss off its fan base. They learned that lesson hard, hard with the original Xbox One release. They are still stinging from the spanking they got over that release, and that was, what, seven, eight years ago? Eight years ago, yeah. Yeah, they, they learned that lesson hard <laughs> they're not going to make that mistake again say what you will about microsoft but with very very rare exceptions they do not make the same mistake twice mm. yeah i just i just wonder about i don't know their exclusive plans and things so yeah yeah and plus i just did a quick google search uh in january of this year their game pass subscription count passed 18 million even if it's at you know the one year tier at I think it's like 120 bucks, even a hundred bucks. You know, that's $180 million a year. Granted, it, it does take a while to make up that 7.6 billion, but you got to figure the more games come out first on game pass, the more games that come out in general on game pass, the more that subscriber count is going to go up. Mm. And people always talk about, you know, PlayStation now. No, they're not the same things. One's a streaming service. One is a download it and you play on your computer or on your console, depending mm. on which you want to use. PlayStation PlayStation now is interesting. It's like a half Stadia, half PS Plus. Oh, that reminds hybrid. me. You, we talked about this off air like a couple weeks ago when you got your new router and your uh, tech improved so much and your streaming ability improved so much. Did you ever retry Stadia to see if you could ever get that to work? I, I won't be able to retry Stadia because I'd have to pay for it and I'm not doing that. But I did okay. try... Um, remote play it worked better there was there was a bit of input lag um i just don't want to particularly play like play games that way but um yeah i i did try it with the with the better internet and it was it was better but um yeah i didn't get a chance to try um x cloud but because uh, my game passes now run out and stuff so i can't use that but uh i tried uh 
um, remote play with PlayStation, and it was it was better, but there was just a bit of like input lag and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, and they've been trying to play that streaming service since in live back in two thousand nine. So, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that it was better because they you know you removed a roadblock on your end, but there's still that other roadblock on their end. So, yeah, but I I I I'm just looking forward to the day that. They start to line up these studios, you know, a couple of them release a game, then they, they start taking shifts each, you know, and, tw- and 23 studios is plenty to be able to do it in shifts, you know, like, you, you work on your game for three years, you work on yours for five or six years or whatever, and then you rotate. It, it, almost the same way that Activision deals with COD. The, the, those games don't take one year to make, they take, I think, three, because there's three dev teams. Yeah, there's three they, separate they take, studios. Yeah, they and take they three years each, out. and then they, yeah, so. Um, but the... The, when the day comes when they start pumping games out to Game Pass, these new big AAA games, and they start putting putting Sony to the sword a little bit in terms of the game competition, I, I'm I'm just looking forward to that day. So, um, what else did you want to talk about? Well, we've talked about uh, cheaters every now and then mm-hmm. on the podcast. You know, when a company will do a banhammer of people off of this game or that game or whatever. And I've always maintained that I don't understand why people cheat in a game unless there's, like, a competition involved. Because they're not good Uh, at it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I understand because apparently, and I did not know this, um, I'll fully admit my ignorance on that, there is a large market in terms of money for cheating. Uh, Chinese authorities arrested a giant group of hackers... Uh, over cheating software that they were selling uh, between best-selling games. The only two mentioned in the article are Call of Duty and Overwatch. When I say there is a large incentive to do that in terms of money, the Chinese authorities seized $76 million in cash, along with multiple luxury cars, other high-end goods, and alleged illegal substances on that. Uh, I don't know how harsh these criminal penalties are going to be, but I gotta imagine in China they're really bad because yep. anything illegal gets you forever uh, in prison. According to uh, the article, Circa uh, and Toto, who is a video game analyst, uh, had this quote: "They are extremely professional. If you look at some of their website offerings." They have shopping carts, they have pricing lists, and they have customer service and customer reviews. He compared the website that hacker that the hackers created and used to an Amazon service. Quote, some of these companies are raking in millions and millions each month, and the scale is really unbelievable in some cases, and so are the profits. So first off, I hate cheaters. They make most games unenjoyable and sometimes downright unplayable. Obviously, each country uh, does their laws differently, so I don't know if what the Chinese authorities did was like mild, medium, or extreme. Uh, it's just one of those things that it's weird that with most things and cheatings, there's not an actual law against it in terms of criminal law. Obviously, China is a whole other story. And that's a whole other can of worms that we don't want to get opened into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just curious as to what your <coughs> thoughts were on that. Uh, you mentioned COD in there, and obviously mm. I play COD, so I've got some uh, experience with certain cheaters on COD. It's interesting, really, because um, sometimes when I'm with, let's say, a bit of a squad, maybe three people, maybe four, maybe six, maybe a full squad, 
and there's certain teams like full clans you know teams that will um use a technique called rushing which is basically they sprint their way to your spawn and uh, they've all got aimbot on so they're not going to miss and they kill your team so quickly that you can tell from the very first round that like, okay you all aimed at us far too quickly and you're, you're clearly obviously cheating because nobody's that good. there's no t team of six that's that good at aiming there's some people that are very 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 good at the game but there's a difference between being very 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 good at the game and being blat blatantly cheating um like there's been there's been times before where uh i'll be i'll be next to a teammate on the map somebody will like jump out of a window or something and they'll shoot me and then be able to instantly turn around and shoot the teammate it's like yeah you're you're cheating no, nobody can turn around and aim that quickly and it's funny because in the um like round ending kill cam everyone can see what you've done and uh so, some 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 gamers do say like yeah i'm i'm cheating i've got aimbot on and uh what you do you back out of the game as a team you you get each of your team to block those six players and then you move on um but uh yeah i mean yeah china's i've heard about you know how strict they can be with uh, certain things obviously when it comes to that amount of money the punishment's probably going to be a bit worse but um yes yeah, it's, it's it's even clear from you know what i've played on cod that some people just cheat because you know that they're they're bad at the game and they just they they have to they have to do that in order to, to get anywhere um it, it's a little bit sad really because you think okay the whole challenge of the game is to get better at it get a better score get more kills you know challenge and compete that kind of thing but uh yeah um there, there's there's certain times before where i've like been stood in the middle of a building on the game and somebody will like shoot me through the wall it's like okay one how on earth did you know i was there two how did you shoot me through um a brick wall like that because there is a certain way you can um shoot somebody on the game if you're sat next to a wall in a building you can get um i think the term is wall banged i'm not sure if that's exactly the the correct term but that's the term that people use that is not cheating and that's i think allowed on the game it's basically where you've got um some players have got like slightly more powerful guns and they've got fmj on them you'll be sat next to a wall when it's basically the case that the bullets have gone slightly through the wall hit your character and killed you but that's been seen as as seen as fair but when you're in the middle of a building and the building's got brick walls and you get shot the person clearly didn't know where you were they just press the aim button and let their gun guide them it's like yeah okay you've you've obviously cheered <laughs> so uh that can that can happen but yeah good thing we have uh block buttons and that kind of thing so then you can just do that the weird thing in regards to that on cod though you'll be teamed up with people You'll get into a game and then it will match you with the people that you've been blocked with. But it will say that you've matched with a player on your block list. Do you want to exit lobby? It's like, okay, you, it's good that you've given me the option and told me that the player's there. But why are you putting me back in the game with them? So that's just a little bit of my experience with uh, with cheaters. What what about yours? Any Anything particular? Uh, not really. I've never done much of the competitive gaming. I've never much done a whole lot of the online gaming where it would result in a consistent amount of cheaters um seeing the amount of money and seeing the dollars that were thrown around in the article mm. it's weird that people would pay more to play a game than they would just pay to you know find a different game that they could be good at yeah. see that's a mental disconnect for me but that's personally just me so 
No, I, I get what you what you mean. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, pe- people like to cheat sometimes, and that's just that's just what they do. So. Uh, cool. What else did you want to talk about? Oh uh, well, we've got a new record for vintage video games. Uh, a uh, Super Mario Brothers original NES. Uh, 1985 launch game went for a record dollar amount. Now the game itself is listed as Hang Tab One Code Mid Production, NES Nintendo 1985. It is rated by WADA certified, which I'm not familiar with, but uh, any certification, you know, obviously has its own little ups and downs. This is rated at a 9.6. The game originally retailed for $25 US. Uh, Take a guess how much the sealed Unopen 9.6 rated copy went for at Heritage Auctions. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'm not good at guessing these things, but I'll, I will take a guess. Um, uh, five thousand. I could be way off. I guessing you're going to say a higher number. Six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Oh wow! Right. That's, uh, yeah, a that's, little bit higher than five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a little higher. Yeah, that's um of many games that went for that auction um yeah john madden football championship sega genesis went for 50k uh pokemon emerald game boy advance went for 55k uh pokemon crystal game boy color went for 90k uh mike tyson punch out nes went for 102k and Mega Man nes went for 144k so obviously that was the you know the crown jewel of all that but still it's kind of cool that you know a game you're still getting love and still worth that kind of money. Now, mm-hmm. granted, this is a sealed, pristine level thing, so you're not just going to randomly find it at a yard sale one day. No, no, no. But uh, it, it's interesting that we talk about this this week and the closure of the PlayStation stores last week because uh, game, preser- game preservation is, is important. So mm-hmm. and it, it it just simply works a bit differently for, for TV and film. You know, you have your streaming services and that. Um, you can't simply just like subscribe to PlayStation and watch whatever, or play whatever you want. Whereas, you know, if you subscribe to Netflix, you can watch anything that Netflix has ever made. If you subscribe to HBO, works the same way, uh, that that kind of thing. So, but um, yeah, game game preservation is is definitely important. It's a lesson that Sony could definitely learn from, uh, and obviously it means a lot to a lot of people, because they pay a lot of money for these things, but uh, it, it, is, it isn't just a case usually of okay, this is a really popular rare game, sometimes, you know, some of these games mean a lot to certain people, so they're they're willing to pay a lot of money for it, so uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, anything, it comes down to, it's going to be worth what somebody's willing to pay for it mm. Yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't have that kind of money to pay for that anyway even if i did i wouldn't pay for it but somebody obviously thought that this was worth that kind of money i mean this isn't like some random website i've never heard of this is heritage auction they bank their whole reputation on you know sales going through and whatnot so cool cool all right what else do you talk about uh well the last thing that i have to talk about (laughs) is uh future tony stark in the making uh we have talked extensively about vr um, your experience on it things like that there is a hardware hacker that goes under the name lucas vr tech he's been working on a series of prototype haptic gloves with the goal of making something cheap and easy to diy itself 
He included the parts list of his components, obviously not counting the VR goggles, which I'm sure are fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but take a guess of how much it costs to make a pair of VR gloves. Couple thousand dollars, maybe. Uh, Twelve dollars a glove. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Super cheap, super affordable. Okay. Cool. So what is what does this do? Uh, well, these are just VR gloves, so you obviously have to have the VR headset, but it's a way to make haptic gloves to make interacting with the VR game uh, better. According to the post that he put, my goal is to spread this project as far as possible and hopefully get more people to fall in love with VR, which is not going to be hard to do because his TikTok account has more than 300,000 followers as of December. Wow. And given that it's a DIY project and you something you can make... You know, for less than thirty bucks U.S., I don't do VR. But if I had a phone and a headset that could do VR, I would absolutely try that because it's thirty bucks. Let's say you screw it up, big deal. You're out thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, VR's awesome. VR's really, really cool. Um, I'm grateful to have a PSVR system because uh, you need to sometimes recognize when you're grateful to have certain things like that in life because it might seem pretty normal to the average person like oh yeah sure you got like a piece of hardware but some people aren't able to get those things um but uh yeah i think vr is fantastic and um it just it just brings a whole new dynamic to how you play how you play games like for iron man vr for example which is a game i've often uh celebrated for a long time because of how good it was um i don't know if let's say i played simply played the first person game of that on a normal TV screen. I don't know if you quite would get the same experience. Plus the gameplay would be a bit different anyway. Because uh, I'm assuming that you wouldn't play. With motion controllers. Because uh, then, then you got the whole thing of. you know Using the two different Iron Man hands. To shoot separately or whatever. With the two different motion things and that. So it's uh, it's great. But um, yeah congratulations to this guy. And uh, hope his, his project goes well. So. Same agree. Like I said I'm not a big VR guy. I'm just. I've never really desired to put that kind of money and time into it. If I had a VR, you know, PlayStation VR that could get, you know, fairly inexpensive secondhand, I would absolutely play Iron Man VR. That game looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, It's just not something that's in my wheelhouse right now. But hopefully, you know, he's got this going. It's super cheap to build. So hopefully, um, you know, he'll, you know, parlay this into something else. So cool. Cool. You said that was the last thing that you've got? That's the last thing I got. Cool. Well, uh, you know, sometimes um, people pass away in the real world, and we don't make jokes about that, that kind of thing. But uh, I think we can make a little joke about this particular one. Now, this isn't the death of a real person, so no, we're not actually making a joke about the death of a real person. Um, But as was announced quite some time ago, when the 3D All-Stars uh, version of the, the remo- remastered ports, sort of ports, uh, of the three Mario games which contained... Uh, so 3D All-Stars which contained Super Mario Galaxy 64 and Sunshine um, have now been removed from the Nintendo Switch digital store. They did already set a date when this was announced, which was going to be the 30th, 31st of March 2021. We're now past that date. Uh, so as has been the kind of meme going around and uh, as I was looking out today on YouTube for uh, you know the Mario death uh, sound effects that thing 
Um, mm-hmm. I've searched uh, Super Mario Dies or whatever on YouTube, and there, there's a few videos out there, like people dressed in Mario costumes mourning the death of this digital game. You can still get this game physically, but uh, Super Mario is, is dead. Um, you know, I mean, he's not actually dead. There's going to be more games, but uh, that's that's the meme at the moment. And um, I just think it's interesting that N- Nintendo owns these games. They own Super Mario. He's, you know, a, a, their biggest mascot. I mean, Zelda's pretty huge for them. Donkey Kong is pretty huge for them as well. But I think we can agree, you know, Super Mario is one of the biggest characters probably in pop culture alongside what? Joker, Darth Vader, you know, those those sorts of characters. Luke Skywalker, Batman. Um, Super Mario is enormous, especially in the gaming world anyway. Um, it's just really, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we talked last week obviously about the uh, the closure of the PlayStation stores, which again Sony has the control over that because they are the, the those are their PlayStation stores, and they've got the option if they could of you know at least the PlayStation one or two and three games that they own um, to be able to possibly put them on newer PlayStation stores, which they've seemingly opted not to do. This is slightly smaller scale with that. You know we haven't got the closure of a Nintendo store. Uh, we just got the deletion deletion the the um a scenario where nintendo's deleted their own game off of their own digital store um but yeah we knew this was coming but i just wanted to kind of you know capture the the weird moment i suppose um what do you think of uh, super mario's digital death it makes zero sense oh, i mean i don't get why you would spend all that time and money into making a product making a physical version of the product, and then on an arbitrary date just say, nah, not going to happen anymore. I struggle to try to find a reason why that would be a thing, and I cannot come up with anything. Mm-hmm. They never gave a reason either. They just said this expires or whatever on the 31st. It would be like if I went to uh, my review of Bumblebee. Or something. I'm, I'm just thinking of a podcast I've done, and I just said I I just announced on Twitter or whatever I'm deleting this review off of the website. People maybe ask why, but I'll know. It's just I'm just I'm just getting rid of it. It's my podcast. I own it. It's my whole voice. Uh, it's on the website that I pay for and own. Um, that would be weird as well. That I, I know it's a bit different, but you get what I'm going for the whole you know ownership thing. It's theirs, and they've just decided to take it off the store very strange but uh, if you do want to get super mario 3d all stars you have to get it physically now i saw somebody post in one of the gaming groups that i was in they went into some game store in america i don't think they said which one and the game was listed for 75 dollars on a shelf so isn't that very nice um but yeah you can't go and get this game digitally anymore for no particular reason really the game wasn't even that old the, this collection of games was I think it's about isn't it six months old didn't it come out in september or something um but i don't know very about that yeah yeah and they just like yeah it expires on the 31st and and that was that so super mario is dead and uh congratulations nintendo for being continuing to be very very weird so uh so there's that uh so we have that a- any other thoughts on on that or should we should we move on to the next thing uh we can move on Cool. Um, 
so we have some additions to the PlayStation PlayStation Now, which we brought up a little while ago. Now, usually we don't tend to mention the PlayStation Now additions. Usually we talk about PS Plus and uh, Games with Gold. But uh, there's been an interesting game added to PlayStation Now. Uh, I'll, I'll say what the other two are first, which is um, The Long Dark, which I've heard bits and pieces about. I've never really checked out, per se, or played, so I don't know too much about that. Borderlands 3, obviously most people know what Borderlands 3 is. But the big interesting one here to me, uh, the Avengers game has been added to PlayStation Now and it will be removed on uh, the 31st of July. Now, different situation, Sony doesn't own this Avengers, it's a completely different scenario to the whole Mario Nintendo thing. But because uh, these games you know, come and go with, with licenses and that kind of thing, because it's a, it's a third party game for Sony. Uh, it's available on their console, but it's a third party game. Um, what does this indicate to you? The Avengers game being added, and do you have any thoughts on the the other two games? Yeah, the Avengers game being added is just a last gasp of a dying product. Um, outside of that, it really, I mean, PlayStation is doing better, way better than uh, uh, Xbox in terms of the free game at much. Obviously, Xbox mm-hmm. is doing way better in terms of their subscription service, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Those are com- two completely different things. So it's just one of those things that it just depends on if you're exclusive to one console or if you have both. Uh, The only thing that I will point out is just um, remember that even if you don't have a PS5, you can still get the free PS5 game each month. You just have to go onto the Sony Store website, sign in with your PlayStation account, and then go to subscriptions, and then the free game will be listed there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. So, um, but yeah, it feels to me like, um, cause this game interestingly came out in the same month, I think as the 3D All-Stars, uh, Mario game, I think they, they were both September, uh, but just, just given what we talked about on the podcast, you know, the unsuccessful nature of the game, um, how little money it's made, if it has made money back, cause again, as I, was, as I said before, there was reports that the game hadn't made its money back, I haven't heard reports of the opposite, which is it making a profit. So I don't know if it has or hasn't, or what the situation is, or if they just don't want to talk about that. I'm going to assume it's the latter that they don't want to talk about it. Um, but there's there's been lots of reports of you know the game the player base dropping on PC, and uh, it's just other things happening as well. You know the disappointment with Kate Bishop and Hawkeye essentially being almost the same character. Um, you know in terms of the way they play and stuff. So yeah, and just to be clear, I just want to make this clear as well. I don't like to bash on this Avengers game, I've made it very clear how I feel about it, but it does keep coming up in the news for different things, so I feel the need to include those various things. Uh, it's not like I come onto the podcast every week and say like, and think like, oh, I need to talk about the Avengers game again, because I, cause I hate it so much. It just, things keep happening to it, so I mention what those things are. Like, a few weeks ago with the Square Enix thing, it was shown there, so we talked about it there. Um, but uh, it's, it's sort of becoming the next Fallout 76 slash Anthem. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a sign that you know, if the game was thriving, I don't think that a deal this soon would be made for for PlayStation now. Um, so we'll see. What about uh, Long Dark? Have you played that at all? And do, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I purchased that a while ago. Um, no, I'm thinking of Days Gone. Long Dark, I don't know about. Um, I'll I might check it out. I really haven't had a chance to play my PlayStation a whole lot. Uh, there's a couple of games on there that I want to get around to to restarting and replaying. I definitely want to get 
God of War done at some point. Um, I definitely want to get the expansion for Horizon Zero Dawn done at some point. Uh, right now, I'm just enjoying my time in Valheim too much because it's it's a game that oh. I, I call it a second screen game because I play it on my PC and then you can have a second screen going so I can catch up on this YouTube channel or this uh, program or whatnot while playing the game. I don't have to exclusively do one or the other, which mm-hmm. I know you can do with console games. It's just so much easier on PC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, by the way, because it was announced, because uh, we keep talking about PS Plus, so I should I just looked those up, because I think that we should include that as well, because we haven't mentioned that. Uh, Days Gone, PS4, that's included. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier when I explained the release situation with Soulstorm, you can get that for free on, on PS5 with PS Plus. And uh, the other one is Zombie Army Dead Four. War. Zombie, yeah, Zombie Army 4, Dead, Dead War, whatever that's called. Uh, so those are your PS Plus games. I think they're pretty good. Apparently Days Gone has been on PS Plus before. I don't remember that. That must have been a while ago. But I think the big one here is clearly Soulstorm. Because it got released on PS Plus on its release date. That's no small thing. So, yeah, interesting. Um, but I'd encourage those of you to, to go out. And, at least for my situation, uh, or my experience, sorry. Uh, Days Gone is pretty good, and uh, Old Old Soulstorm, I've obviously just started, but uh seems like it's going to be good. Uh, I am a person who really likes zombie things, but I haven't tried this zombie army thing. It doesn't look like the type of zombie army game I'd be, the type of zombie game I'd be interested in, so I don't know about that, but uh, I can collect it for free, nonetheless, so uh, maybe I'll check it out, I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on the PS Plus games? Yeah, I mean, they tend to come in better. I mm. wish I could get my hand and my brain around the uh, controller more so they could play it more it's just the the 360 and the you know the Xbox controller pretty much stayed the same uh since the uh the original Xbox um made their controller renovation past the original Duke it just it f- fits better in my hand i mean granted the the PS4 controller is a little bit better but the 3 and the 2 were just so tiny and flimsy i was always afraid i was going to sneeze too hard and break one I haven't had a chance to play the PS5 controller, but fair enough. You know, most people haven't had a chance to really use the PS5 controller mm-hmm. outside of just randomly buying one on Amazon if they felt like it. Huh. Cool. Uh, but those are your PS Plus games and your PS Now games for, for April. So uh, that's all the news that we do have. We do have an email here as well. Um, if you'd like to write in uh, to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Harrison writes in says, Congratulations on five years. Thank you very much. I saw that Oddworld Soulstorm is coming out and thought about what Matt was saying about 90s games. So two questions. Which other games from the 90s would Matt like to see return? And which games does Robert want to see make a return? So I'll answer the first part first because that's at me. And then we'll go to, to your answer for your question um i mean most of them have been done at this point i mean tomb raider is the other one that i'd like to see i remember saying a few weeks ago about the square enix thing i would like them to do a remaster of the original ps1 games uh because crash has come back tony hawk has come back abe has come back because the first game was remastered now we have the sort of reimagining of the second one i imagine they're going to do the third one I i think that they probably will um spyro has come back medieval's come back uh, Final Fantasy 7, I'm not a Final Fantasy person, but still, that's come back. Um, what other ones have we had? Is there a Zelda game or something, or am I thinking of something else? I know there was that Zelda 
uh was it links not links awakening links awakening yeah yeah what, what year was was that from that wasn't a 90s game that was, was from 92 the one okay, on the switch that came out like last year yeah yeah the year yeah. before that so there was that one as well um the only other three i could think of that i'd be interested in um i mean i'm not much of like a castlevania person so i'm not particularly bothered there but tomb raider metal gear solid silent hill those are those are three pretty big playstation staples of games that i would like to see because most of the other ones have been done um like crash sparrow tony hawk the ones that i just said i can't think of any other 90s games that at least i can think of that i would care about that haven't maybe something like um oh was it called i think it's called siphon filter that was that was pretty good Mm -hmm. um uh jumping flash which i did play on the playstation classic that was quite good could do with some improvements that was good though um but those are most i can think of but yeah the ones that i'd like to see make a return still those three silent hill metal gear and uh and tomb raider i know we've had other tomb raider games but i'm talking about remastering those uh those three classic games which i hope screen enix is still doing in some way shape or form that just hasn't been announced so uh but what games would you like to see make a return uh well one of the games that i kind of saw and um it's kind of cool that it's on uh ea play which i'm gonna have to try that at some point uh jade empire special edition mm, technically yeah. that's not a 90s game that came out in 2005 but that was such a great game and it's such a a, a good play in terms of seeing where Bioware and Electronic Arts started their early um, uh-huh. progenesis into RPGs, like all the Mass Effects, all those types of games, you can su- you can see where they really learned to cut their teeth in that game. Uh, they had their version of the Paragon system, only instead of light and you know Paragon and Renegade, it was open hand and closed fist. So that whole concept of uh, dual morality and you know, polarizing that, that's where they really got that started. Um, so it's definitely a game. If you have a uh, game pass ultimate, obviously you do have to install the EA desktop, go through that whole nonsense. You can't just directly install it from the Xbox app, which is unfortunate, but is what it is. Why, why um, that's not? a game that I'm definitely gonna have to check out here at some point this week. Um, outside of that. Yeah, I agree with you that most of the games that I would want, they've come with some kind of a remaster at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But mainly what I aim at when I talk about those is like the 90s PlayStation characters, which most of them have been done. There's only so many of those you can do. So I've been praising that. Obviously, that comes from different sides of the industry, uh, from different developers and stuff. Because like Spyro and Crash, not owned by Sony, they're under Activision. Tony Hawk, Activision. Uh, Final Fantasy, Square Enix. Um, what's the other ones that I mentioned? Medieval. I think that is still under PlayStation, actually. Uh, Abe is there now an indie company, I think, because they're Old, old World inhabit- old Inhabitants, um, which they probably are third-party now, because, like I said, New and Tasty came out on uh, on Xbox. Plus, some of those games have come out on like Switch and stuff as well, like uh, the um, Stranger's Wrath and Munch's Odyssey. Um, mm-hmm. So those, those those aren't really like they, those are just, Abe Abe and Crash and all that, they're still seen as PlayStation icons because that's where they came from, but none n- not many of them are really under the roof anymore of of Sony. They just sort of still come out on PlayStation. So, um, so yeah. But uh, I I don't know. Those are the three games I can think of. Um, 
outside of those games. I mean, Ratchet and Clank, which is obviously a bit further in time. You know, the, the PS2 era. that That's going to be making a comeback. I do wish they'd remastered some of the other um, older games. But they did the first one in 2016, which was very, very good. Uh, which, by the way, for those of you that might not be aware, it is free. Completely free on uh, PlayStation. You can just you don't need PS Plus to, to download the first Ratchet and Clank game. You can go and just download it, which I've already got technically because I got it when it was on PS Plus. So uh, but I've played it anyway. Um but yeah Rift Apart is obviously making a comeback. Uh, I was really really happy by the way. I think I said this at the time. When they revealed that game and wh- whoever it was at, at Insomniac said about how near and dear that character was to them i didn't know that they felt that way about ratchet because i didn't know how they felt about him but knowing that they really care about that character a lot gives me gives me a lot of hope for the future of him um because he's my he's my action platformer character and crash is my platformer character if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, you know R- ratchet's the one ratchet's the one that jumps around with the guns and the bombs crash is the one that spins and jumps and slides sort of thing but uh, they're both iconic and nostalgic to me uh, Jack and Dexter. I've tr- I've tried those those original games. I just can't get into them. I just I just can't particularly do it. Um, so yeah, Mirror's Edge could. I doubt that that will come back, but that's going to live on through Dying Lights. So yeah, that's that's most of th- that's most of them. But in terms of my like nostalgia for some of these games, I've been very well treated. So I'm not gonna definitely not gonna complain there. So is there any other like childhood games that you've got? Do you like to see him make a comeback? No, because they are they're always getting a new version of this or new version of that. The games that I grew up on were the the I mean I played video games before, but nobody's really doing remakes of Atari twenty six hundred games. Right. Like right. Super Mario Brothers, you'll you're guaranteed to get a new version of that sooner or later. Link, you'll get a new version of that super late super rather than later. I mean you could argue that Tomb Raider is just a reimagining of Pitfall, which is a game I played back in the day. Um Pac-Man, a version of that'll come out sooner or later. It's not really great, but it's there. Tetris is one that'll get something eventually sooner or later. We saw that with Tetris Effect, which is a decent game. It's a part of Game Pass right now, so if you have Game Pass, check it out. Uh, don't do the VR. Oh my god, it is such a photostrobe explosion. It's good to look on a screen from a considerable distance away, but Oh, that would trigger uh, a seizure in me if I was doing that VR. Yeah, it's interesting with Tetris Effect, because I've looked at that game on YouTube, and even just looking at it on YouTube, I was like, wow, this game really is quite bright and quite you know, flashy and, and that kind of thing. I couldn't imagine, because I've talked before a lot of times about like bright white loading screens in games. That's mm-hmm. just the white loading screen, which is still unnecessary, like completely unnecessary and too bright. I couldn't imagine having that a tetris game in vr and mm-hmm. i don't i don't necessarily want to even try that so because uh, I'm, I'm not particularly sensitive to that kind of stuff but i still don't want to like risk hurting myself i guess but i i don't know a lot some people said like oh it looks really really great and stuff but there's looking really great and then there's like blinding someone so yeah i i don't know because i'm not like photosensitive or what's what's the word the, I, I'm not photosensitive is correct. Yeah, I'm not sensitive to like light strobes and and that sort of thing. Um, I've been told quite regularly throughout my life I've got quite good eyes, so I'm quite lucky on that front as well. But uh, I still don't really want to try Tetris Effect in VR. So, uh, 
anyway, that's what we got for you. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks, Robert, for for posting the the episode as well. Um, it was quite interesting to take a little bit of a backseat and stuff. Um, we'll probably do it again for other uh, special future episodes as well. Um, of course, this I mean it was episode two. 52 so it wasn't special in terms of numbers but uh it is entertainment talks fifth anniversary today so uh it's it's special in regards to that it is a little bit annoying that it was two weeks apart the 250th episode and the fifth anniversary it was uh it was two weeks apart so a little bit annoying but uh nonetheless you can uh, still enjoy the content uh robert thanks for joining me for this again always and uh we'll be back again next week with whatever we have to say about games and things uh in the meantime because uh, I'm going to do the outro because I think that's probably the, the better idea uh, in the meantime you can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcast please enjoy the 5th anniversary content um, took me some time to obviously get that together and uh, and all of our content as well and uh, please uh, consider doing that entertainmenttalk.org you can also search for entertainment talk on your favourite podcast platforms and uh do all that as well if you like what you've heard hopefully you did and you would like to support entertainment talk you can of course listen to the episodes or you can do some other options uh patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast and review options uh word of mouth uh, you can simply tell people that you know about entertainment talk uh either just telling them to go to entertainmenttalk.org or social media facebook twitter facebook groups that kind of thing uh, David is of course still doing his thing over on Geektown, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio for up to date reliable TV and film news uh, go and listen to this week's Geektown Radio episode as well, I'm sure that one was I, I haven't listened to it yet so I don't know if it's good or bad but I'm assuming it's quite good uh, but go and listen to that anyway, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio, I think Bex is on the episode so uh, go and check that one out, uh, you can also find Bex herself on Twitch um Trista Byte, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there. She does a lot of charity work, so uh, please go and support her and uh, go and check out her streams, that kind of thing. Uh, you can find me on, as well on uh, Twitch now and again, uh, eTalk UK for Twitch. Uh, go and give me a follow over there. And that's, that's everything. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>